When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning to Benelli Berti. Uh, I'm Jim Warren. This is Des McLean. Des, say hello. Hey, good hey, morning, everybody. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost is nipping at your nose. Yuletide hymns being sung by a choir. And folk dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows. A turkey and some mistletoe. Right, you get the general idea. By the way, this was my Christmas jumper. I said to the wife, I went, eh, get me something a bit tasteful. You know, something that people would look at it and go, is that a Christmas jumper? Look at it. Look at this. Incredible. So it's, it's a, you can't have a, a serious argument with somebody wearing this. Imagine me, on, must be at the game the day like that. Hey, Rogers, what's going on here? They just, I mean, come on, look at me. Look at this. Although I'm very, I'm very chuffed with my green Santa hat. I pushed the boat out this year. You know, I thought last year's was a wee bit. Last year's was a wee bit kind of a rubbish. It was that green felt stuff. Look at this, awesome. So yes, good. And good to see everyone today. Uh, you know, not too long was it? Nine days to Christmas, and I'm looking forward to this. Ben the Liberty Christmas special. Yes. So I, I thought Mr. Dykes would be here today, so I get to play the part of Paul John Dykes. So. The format for this morning is that we'll spend the next hour or so through the 12 days of Bertie. Uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter will see that I've been tweeting each day as we can count down to Christmas. And last year we did something similar for the charity weekend. And uh, hopefully we raise lots of money for wee Jamie this weekend. And what we did last year is just we picked 12 of the photographs uh, in the Bertie advent calendar. And this year we're going to pick the other 12. Uh, and we're going to go down them and have a wee chat about each of them. And also have a wee chat about what the Bendel Bertie journey has been over the past couple of years, certainly the last year. It's been a, a bit mad. So I believe Mr. Dykes in the background. Uh, photograph number one, Mr. Dykes, please. There we go. That was good. Uh, a young Bertie old uh, Brill Cream boy. Uh, how old you reckon is? There, there days? 16, um, 17, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 16, 17. Um, that, the, a very young, yes, Bertie there. 15, 16. Probably. Mm. And what I've always said about football players is that they're kind of pretty ordinary people who live, live these kind of like extraordinary lives. I mean, little did he know what was <laughs> what was ahead of him over the next uh, 60 odd years, it'd be at that point. Uh, so, yeah, so what we're going to do is kind of interject the, the photograph disappeared, uh, interject the conversation, what's been happening over the last year. So tell me, Des, what's been happening over the last year with Ben Liberty? Well, if somebody had a crash then, if you wonder why I just turned round, right? Um, all my Christmas tree lights on Harry's bar, they just fell. They just smashed to the ground, all these uh, Christmas lights. So this is my pub for anybody who's just tuning in. It's called Harry's Bar, named after my son, Harry. And uh, this is what I used during lockdown as my virtual pub for all the, the comedy clubs. Uh, so just in case you're thinking, why is Des in the pub so early on a Saturday morning? And Rob Royston, it's Harry's bar. Um, so, uh, yeah, a big crash. All the lights fell off the, the mirror there. So what's been happening the last year with Bendel and Bertie, the whole Bendel and Bertie thing, uh, the, the journey has been incredible. From, do you remember back when we started Bendel and Bertie, we were reading off scripts and we were wearing masks during COVID. We are wearing these kind of a... And it was a... We were, the, the gig was on, it was off, it was all, you know, we are in lockdown, then suddenly we had... Four nights, do you remember? Um, uh -huh. In Webster's Theatre, you know, we'll never forget. That, it was the first time we were out in front of these big audiences. And uh, it was it was just the first gigs out of lockdown, and it was incredible. Then after that, 
We went on a national tour from Inverness to you know to you know to the borders to Aberdeen. To Before the, that, we did that one night in Inverness. And you know that was very very sad. That was probably the saddest because the next day, that was when Bertie passed away. Um, that we had that one off just to get his back, and yeah, very very emotional night. And then we did the tour nationwide tour. Also, also, since I'm in charge here, this is great. <laughs> I can see anything. I can't believe uh, you this, is, this, is, this is great. Uh, so, so the day of doing the beacon, uh, there's a wee story there that basically that uh, there's, there's four actors. There was five actors at that time, wasn't there? There was five actors, and and I was doing my chauffeur as usual. I'm kind of Mr. McLean's chauffeur. Uh, I also tie Mr. McLean's tie. It does. Was, Not this tie. This is pretty easy. No, that tie. You've tied that one yourself. Yeah. Because you, you told me some story about was it Martin Scorsese ties, people's ties or something. Oh, yeah. Was Scorsese tie, was tying De Niro and, you know, and Ray Liotta on Goodfellas. He ties their ties every day. So ours was like an Aldi version of that. You were tying my tie Aye. every day for Brendel and Bertie, which you did. From, by so Vegas, that's one of, from Dunoon to Vegas, you tied my tie. So basically, that's one of my very few functions in the whole Brendel and Bertie thing. I'm just like a in the background, and uh, we went to the Beacon, and unfortunately, one of the actors took a stroke. He's okay now, he's fine. So, a bit of a panic in the morning to figure out what we're going to do. We're just going to cancel the show. We need to Dave Anderson, the great Dave, Dave Anderson. Anderson. The great Dave Anderson uh, had a stroke, but he's okay now. So, so that was a bit kind of traumatic morning. But uh, we're trying to figure out, do we, do we go ahead with the show this night? But because it's a rehearsed reading, it means that you've got the scripts to hand. And then I'm saying to obviously Des knows actors. I don't know any actors at all. And I'm saying to Des, can you maybe contact someone and see what you think? And you come up with the brilliant idea that I should do it, that that, that mild-mannered accountant should, should go on a stage in the Beacon Theatre in front of 400 people. 500, 500, 505. 500 people. You can do it. Mild-mannered accountant, you can do it. So... A few shakes of the head later, I said, don't be so daft. So, uh, fortunately, a uh, young actor who was in it at the time, Matthew Gallagher, a brilliant young actor, his dad's Frank Gallagher, who, if you watch River City, he plays the part of, is it, is it Lenny Murdoch? The two great Celtic names. And uh, and Frank did it at short notice, thankfully. Otherwise, I'd have been forced into uh, making my acting <laughs> debut at the Beacon. But as, as Des said, uh, Des, uh, Bertie's family came that night, that was the first yeah. time they were, they were coming, but they had to leave early because uh, Bertie wasn't well at all, and, and sadly he passed away the next day. So that was one of the, the unfortunate things, really sad things about the play, that Bertie never got a chance to come and see it. So uh, anyway, at the next year... Of, yeah, sorry, Bertie, on your days. Bertie's song was on at the end of the show, and we knew that Robert's family were there, and we got a wee message at half at the interval to say that they had to go to the hospital. We knew that, you know, it was it was kind of a... It was the kind of last hours, and uh, that was the toughest. That was really tough that night at the end of it, because what because of what we knew. And then the next day was a long day, and then the news came in, and Robert messaged me, said that his dad had passed. It was so sad. It was so tough that night. And then after that, it was just a case of, are we going to keep going with this? Remember, we had that conversation, and Robert yeah. says, yeah, keep going with it. Keep you know the spirit alive, and that spurred us on. And it was, it was that was that was a that was a tough night, but. Um, incredible. Yeah, because Robert, his son, said that he's, he's, his dad lives on through this, through oh, you, through the play. So yeah. he was kind of immortal again. He tunes in the act song and he did say, as soon as I, I would always tell him about the the latest stuff with Bertie, what's happening, I'd always keep him updated. We wanted his blessing, you know, that, and that's what it's all about, the family. And uh, when I told him we were going to Vegas, he just went, yes. And he said, the blazer returns to Vegas. That's when he gave, after he gave... Well, tell us your blazer story then. That's a good segue right. into that one. So we're going to May, June 2022. We do 16 dates throughout the country. And the highlight is... Motherwell Theatre, Motherwell Concert Hall. Motherwell Concert Hall, a brilliant little theatre, 415 people or something like that. It was sold out oh, well in advance. It was one of the ones that was, at, it was sold out for a while. And it was the nearest theatre to Robert and his family. So we knew they were coming, and that's when the pressure was on because this was a, it was a full show, and and the, the show had changed. It was more of a tribute to Bertie. Still, still the original, you know, story of the Mullen family and all that. But it was more of a tribute because Bertie had passed away, and so the pressure was on more. There was a lot more, lot more Bertie in it, 
And uh, and that's what people wanted. Remember, Jim, from the start, the feedback, we want more Bertie. They just want they've been more and we gave, you know, there's a lot more Bertie. And and there was a lot of sad moments in it, a lot of happy moments, and Bertie was hilarious in it and still, you know, but a lot a lot of sad because they obviously passed away. So we're, we're in Marvel Theatre and the, Bertie's family are coming along. So I'm sitting going, right, we need to, this has got to be the one. We need to nail this. I need to make sure this is good. I need to make sure, you know, that I respect him. I need to make him Bertie, but I still need to make sure. And then at the end of the show, we thought it was a good show. I felt it. I thought this this was a good one. Then chap at the door, bang, 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 and it was Robert, and his wife Susan, and he and he, you know, he could tell he'd been breaking his heart, which you know is a good sign. I'm sorry to say, but it was. And his wife went, he's been greeting, he's been greeting for the start of the show, and he was, and he went, he says, you know what, you were my dad's double up there. He says you've nailed him, and that for me, that was a that was the big seal, the ultimate seal of approval. And I remember, I'll never forget this for, for, for everyone watching, because I was so relieved that that uh, I had that massive seal of approval, so relieved, that was, oh, it was a pressure, it was a weight off my shoulders. He says, what, what size are you in a blazer or a, or a suit jacket or whatever? And that, I remember kind of thinking, what? And Jim Orr turned down and went. 42 medium. <laughs> Without hesitation. And uh, you could hear somebody was on the train there. I know, hold on, it's my door, hold on. Keep is talking, it, zoom out. Is it the door? See, I love this show business. You don't see Gary Lineker going to answer the door, do you, on Match of the Day? That is genuinely Jim Orr's bell. Yeah, brilliant. Amazing. So you never see Graham Norton going to answer the door. So anyway, so well the bold Gary Lineker on Match of the Day answered the door to Alan Shearer, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, so Jim tells him the size. The very next day, I'm standing in my house up here. And it was round about lunchtime, it was a Saturday, and I, I got a, a message from Robert, Robert Old, saying, here's a wee present from my mum. And it was Bertie's blazer, and uh, and it's here, and it was to keep forever. He says, wear that with pride. And I, I wore it every other show from from Danoon to Vegas, the Bertie blazer. That was it, it was on. And I'm not joking, I couldn't, it fitted me. I'll, I'll try and pull it out for those of you who haven't seen it. You must have seen it, right? And uh, it's been on this show so many times, and um, it was amazing. So that was it. I, I you know, phoned up my mum and all that. Betty, I've got Betty old blazer, and she was like, "Oh my god!" And, and I've, I've got it to keep, and it fitted me like a glove, didn't it, Jim? Like a glove, absolutely. Yeah, Cinderella moment. And Robert put it on me, and that was it. And when you put it on, I'm not just saying this. It's like every single Celtic fan watching this today. Your dream is to run out and play for Celtic, score a goal for Celtic. We've had that wee dream, oh, imagine scoring the winner, you know. This, to me, is the next best thing, wearing a legend's blazer. Bertie stood there, you're telling all his stories, all his jokes, singing his... Bertie's always had that wee blazer on. And there's a wee pen, there's a wee inside pocket where the pen is burst. <laughs> the authenticity, Robert went. He always had a wee pen because he, he would always sign autographs, you know, all the time. He always said, you know, Bertie just had time for everybody. So even the wee burst pen inside just made it feel so... So so real, so personal. So yeah, I've got that, and it, it's it's uh, it's incredible. So that was the tour, 2022, uh, and before we go into 2023, uh, I think we will put another photograph on. But Paul, can you put number three on while well, the second one. We'll try and. The tour was 2021, Jim. Was it not? Just to keep them right. 2022. Was it all right? Okay, God, it's these years. See, since COVID, you're right. Yep. So this is a team picture from 1960, 61. Uh, you want to guess who these players are, Des? So we'll just leave that to the people in the chat room. Do you have a wee go at this? Leave, throw that to the chat room. Yeah, the chat room. room. And what we'll do maybe is we'll bring it back up towards the end, Paul, if that's okay. And uh, we can ask the creator. I think that front row is pretty uh, well known. Um, And some of the guys in the back, maybe people, certainly younger people, are going to struggle. So can we lose the picture? Again, I just actually thought of someone there as we're chatting. (laughs) Is it... When you spend so much time around Mr. McLean, you just I mean every day's a laugh, real laugh. And because he does such a fantastic impersonations, you start to do them yourself, not to anyone else, but just in your mind. Doing <laughs> like and some of the stuff he does is, is great. And I, I, we're doing the tour one day, I'm driving along one day, and a song comes on, and I just burst out laughing when this song's on. I was going to ask Mr. Dykes this question because he's such a music aficionado. And it was like, and it was. <laughs> Who sings the first line of Losing My Religion? Like, and the obvious answer would be Michael Stipe, but it's not. 
Who is it? Des? Well, Jim kept going on about this, and I was like, what? He went, and it was to do with, it was to do with Billy Connolly, and I was like, what are you, what are you on about, Jim? And he was like, oh, ADM. He says, it came on in the car, this song, Lose My Religion, and it's it's Billy. And I'm like, and then it just goes, ho, 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 life. It's better than you and me. <laughs> Michael Stout does not sound like that, but there is a bit at the start that goes, ho, 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 ho. And Jim was like, that's Billy. Jim had been used to me doing Billy, Billy Connolly's in Bertie. If you haven't seen it, he, does a, he makes a wee cameo. And uh, it is at the start of Lose My Religion. Play it after this. Go onto YouTube and you'll hear the opening little, ho, ho, ho. It's bizarre. It is. So well done, Jim. Around Des McLean, things kind of rub off on you. So 2022, we do the tour yeah. uh, into 2023, and that kicks off at the Pavilion. Tell us a bit about that. 20, well, since I'm getting all my years, it's been such a roller coaster. So 2023, and I always said to that's you... This year, like, that's this year. This year. Uh, by the way, is it just me, or since COVID, you just, I can't, you know, everything is all just... Mayor's 91, right? So, it's just you. It's just you. Right, we're now at the start of 23. My God, the years are flying by, James, right? Mm-hmm. 23, I always said to you, we need, this is this is made for the pavilion. This this show is just perfect. This is a marriage made in heaven, right? Uh, all the nostalgia. Celtic players would have went to the pavilion back in the day and all that, you know, and I just thought this, you could see Bertie sitting down at a pavilion watching shows. It's, it's one of my favourite theatres, you know, I mean, just an incredible and in, in way. So we're in the pavilion, Thursday, Friday, two shows on the Saturday, perfect. And uh, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was like absolutely rammed, sold out shows, just incredible. And was it 1,549 people? Perfect. And the old pavilion, it never looked better, you know. And here's the thing, do you remember that night, Jim, the opening night, they'd made it all green for better. Yeah. The, whole, the whole outside was just all green. And we took a few photos. It looked magnificent. The pavilion theatre outside, they just made it. You know how they make the high green. Can you do that in Bertie's voice? Sorry, you can do that one in Bertie's voice. It looked magnificent. I walked up to the pavilion theatre, right? And it was all, it, the whole lot was emerald green. And do you know what? It looked magnificent. The pavilion theatre had never looked better. I'll tell you, it looked magnificent. I'd, I'd been in the pavilion years before that. And it, see that night when it looked green? I had a tear in my eye because I promise you, it was magnificent. As Bertie would say himself. And it did look, I remember I kept saying, look at that, look at that. And it just, it was a, it was a stunning tribute from the, the, the good people at the Pavilion. Remember Scott just went right bang. Let's make, and the whole, it looked amazing. It did, it looked, it looked sensational. The whole mm-hmm. outside, just all green. There's a brilliant photo just right up Renfield Street and you just saw it just all green. It was a lovely gesture, wasn't it? And do you have a favourite performance of the four? Uh, my favourite performance, there's no question about this. Um, the Saturday afternoon, the matinee, uh, by the way, uh, Paul John Dykes attended. He was there that day. He's a v- very busy man. And I always liked the wee matinee. I think the Pavilion Theatre lends itself well to a wee, oh, let's go for a wee matinee, yeah, a wee pint and, and, and lauders and a wee fish tea, you know. I think the Pavilion is that kind of place, right? But my, not just that, my mum my came along, my wife came along, my wee boy Harry came along. He'd never really seen me in anything, you know, like, apart from doing it to school, talking to other kids and all that, uh, doing, like, stuff at Christmas nursery, you know, doing all the funny voices and all that. But this was the first time he'd seen me in a kind of environment where I work. And uh, he'd always wanted to see me do stand-up and all that, but he's too young. So she, it was an amazing show. It was a textbook show. Everything just landed, you know, and the audience were amazing. Saturday afternoon show as well. So no, they're not too well-oiled. It's no Saturday night where they've had too many drinks. They were just perfect. They were just maybe one pint away from, you know, a wee happy buzz and a couple of wee, you know, so they were just all nice and in a good mood. It's Christmas time. It's Saturday afternoon. Or, or, sorry, it's, it's, it's in the weekend, rather, and it's a Saturday afternoon. And um, we were a wee bit nervous about that because, remember, Celtic were still to get drawn, remember, Jim? And if Celtic had drawn, yeah. so just say, imagine it was a Celtic Rangers game. That would be that. Mm-hmm. We'd have been, yeah. you know. But it was Celtic, St. Mirren. Yeah, Half St. Mirren. Yeah. 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 And it was uh, fairly easy enough. We were kind of, and we watched the game in the pavilion. But the the the, the show in the afternoon was my favourite. My wee boy sent a message saying, "So proud of you, Dad. 
you were brilliant, and uh, and that, that was the moment for me. And I got them all to do the big huddle, a, a massive, massive pavilion theatre huddle, which looked brilliant. We took a photograph, we put it into a wee video now. It was just a, it was a perfect day. That was a perfect show. I mean, Vegas was incredible. Vegas was a fairy tale. Going, going, going too fast. Just we'll stick to this pavilion. Pavilion. Well, what I'm saying is, Vegas was a fairy tale, right? But that show was my favourite birthday show of all time because my family were all there and everything was great. And it was just just magical. It was just one of the ones where I thought, this is what it's all about. And when I got the message from my son saying, I'm so proud of you and all that, that's what, that's what it's all about. That's what life's all about, Jim. Who needs tiny Tim when you've got these stories? Brilliant. Good. Right. Move a couple of pictures, Paul, if you're in the background. Can you put number four on, please? Number four, please. Sounds like countdown. Is that countdown? Is that? Oh. That's the Maybe Jim. Maybe Jim was the Amazon guy at the door. Uh, no, post office. post office. Oh, well, I was just saying, you don't normally see get, you know Gary Lineker answering the door match of the day. This is very professional day. We love it. What can you say? Great. Mr. Dykes isn't he here. Somebody's no, not here. So, let's, so, let's talk about right. Uh, aye, okay. So basically, we do the pavilion, and prior to the pavilion, you were having discussions with who about potentially going to where? Well, are we talking about Vegas now? Yes, yes, we're talking about Vegas. So... We'd been on the tour, and we were obviously we. And uh, I remember you went away in no, you went away in holiday, and I went away in holiday abroad. And just a couple of days, I remember thinking, you know, it'd be good. If, uh, we need to rewind a wee bit because we caught the pavilion and Vegas at the same time. Remember, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. The two of them came just in. It was like bang, and those were the two big ones. I thought, get the pavilion theatre. It's it's the best theatre for for it's the perfect theatre for Bertie. And then to get Vegas, that was you. And then I just thought, oh, so after the pavilion, it was countdown to Vegas. And you're thinking, does it get? It does not get any better than that. So we just finished a brilliant run at the pavilion. I'm away in a week's holiday abroad. And then it was just the countdown to Vegas. And before that, we went to, uh, we had a cracking wee night. It was a very intimate night in Gracie's, you know, everyone mm-hmm. knows Gracie's, the, the sports bar in, in Candlerigs, Merchant City which was great. That set us up nicely for Vegas. But by the way, the thing is, Bertie's two favourite places, his two favourite places in the whole world that, that we, were uh, Vegas and Donegal. And we went to Donegal after Vegas as well, which was an absolutely magical weekend. Right. And So before we jump into Vegas, Paul just said he's now... Take number four, Paul. We'll just have a quick look at these photographs and then we'll come back. So number four, uh, one of the most famous photographs in Celtic history... Uh, that's Bertie scoring the first goal, bundling in the first goal in the Scottish Cup final in, in 1965. Mm. Uh, a couple of quiz questions then. The ball hit the bar, went miles up in the air, and then Bertie bundles it in. Who, who had the shot hit the bar? And for a bonus point, who actually passed to the person who had the shot? So again, we'll, we'll briefly come back to that at the end of the programme. That's uh, for the punters out there. By the way, in the chat room, yeah. Not fair, us answering them because I can now, no. I can now go on mastermind with, with, with the light of, of Bertie. Even Aye. even attendance at that game was a hundred and eight thousand and eight hundred people, and you know what? They were rammed. They were packed. Rammed. It was packed in like sardines, like sardines that day. That should be in the script. That should be in the script. That sounds great. So, uh, number five, quickly before we go to Vegas, because it's in the, it's about the same game. This hosting's a piece of cake, by the way. There you go, number five. That's the celebrations after the 65 cup final. And as everyone knows, that's the launch pad for the Lisbon Lions. Uh, up to that point, I mean, Celtic had underachieved for a number of years. You know, weren't a particularly well-known club outside Scotland. And when I saw that picture, uh, I kind of zoned in on the fact that Billy McNeil's on Bertie's shoulders. So for the poster, what I did was then isolate just the two of them. And that became the Bender Little Bertie poster. Uh, and we can talk about the Bender Little Bertie poster in a wee while. So that's fine, Paul. Can you off the screen? I'll go back to Mr. Yeah, who's holding up the poster of that's a poster Bertie there. and Billy McNeil. Jim, you took that off that. And I think that even just that little photo of Billy and Bertie there is just magnificent. Just uh, Bertie, you know, hoisting Caesar up there. A wee man like Bertie holding Big Billy up there. It's just a brilliant... And just shows you know, so uh, there you go. That's brilliant. So that's where it came from. Yeah. So there you go. A message asking, as uh, somebody's obviously just tuned in. 
and uh, from from Jupiter. Uh, it's back on at the Pavilion this this February eighth, ninth, tenth. That was my plug. There you go. Just well done. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad someone's paying attention. Good. <laughs> well done. Uh, so the plan was we're going to go to the Vegas convention uh, that happens every couple of years or so, uh, but this one was going to happen the year after the last one. Uh, COVID. Uh, kind of kiboshed at that time so there wasn't as many coming to the Vegas convention but if anyone has never been to the Vegas convention it's mental basically it's just uh, it's mental. usually three to four thousand Celtic fans converging in the in the Westgate hotel and uh, they've never had a play on there before and that's what we were trying to convince the guys to say she's just trying Desmond Clay and she's comedy genius and the time with Bertie because Bertie always went to Vegas, didn't he? He was always a... Bertie was Mr. Vegas. Bertie was always there. I'd been to Vegas before, performing stand-up. And, and you'd uh, met him on the plane coming back up the road? I sat with Bertie uh, for 10, 11 hours, and Bertie was telling me, sitting... By the way, Bertie was sitting telling me all the stories. I'd, I'd met Bertie before that in the Ranza Bar in Black Hill. What a difference, if The Ranza Bar in Black Hill, where my master is, where I was brought up to Vegas. So I'd met Bertie many different times, you know, in ordinary corporates down at the Hilton or stuff like that, down at Celtic Park, uh, the Ranza, then Vegas. But we sat, see that conversation? You know how you sit in a plane and you go, oh, I'm bored. Should I watch that film? Should I watch that? Should I read what's on in the Duty Free magazine? Right, you're bored. That flew by. Bertie was sitting there going, see this night, we're sitting in Wish, all right, and we Jinky was barred for this pub. So Big Jock, he's sitting by the phone, and I thought, you can't even do in there because Big... Right, so I said to Big, right, and Tommy, get Big Gamble had said, right, he's telling me all this. Money could not buy this. This was like a competition mm-hmm. one. Right, this was like a lottery one. You think if you're, you're, every Celtic fan to be sitting next to a Lisbon Lion and, and him regaling you with all these stories, that is that is incredible. And I'm sitting and Bertie's just telling me all these, you know, everything about all the Lisbon Lions, about all the guys he played with, about his relationship with, with, with Jinky, with Bobby Murdoch, with Billy McNeil, with, you know, Incredible, and I'm just sitting going, This is amazing. And it's funny how life pans out, and you know. And he's asked me, He loved by the he loved all the impersonations, he, he loved uh, it's by we see your, your Billy Connolly's brilliant, your Sylvester Stallone, your Sean Connolly. He loved all that, he loved it. And then little did he know, you know, I'd end up, you know, playing the great man himself. It's funny how life works out. So that was me meeting, uh, obviously, Betty, who was a life and soul in Vegas. You know, he was a life and soul. He'd be up there telling a joke. He'd be telling funny stories. He'd be telling, he'd be singing songs. You know, Bertie was a man in Vegas, and he, he looked to, you know, he looked to part in Vegas. He just Bertie. You see, you imagine him sitting there, you know, like, hey, you know, hey, Bertie, hey, hey Mister Ald, you know, hey, sit beside you, you know, Mister Ald, a Lisbon lion. Hey, hey, Ald's a Lisbon lion. You right. So I was nearly breaking into some some uh, industrial wine was here. Hey, you know, hey, Mister Ald, he's a lion. Hey, he's a Lisbon lion. You. So anyway, so he's in Vegas, he's, laughing, he's holding court, he's a main man. So little did I know, we were sitting there on that plane, that I'd be, I'd be playing him in Vendor Liberty, and then going back to Vegas, to Bertie's place. And as Robert Ald said, the, the the blazer returns to Vegas. And that was, that was Robert was like, oh my, you know, his dad, his dad would have loved that. And that's why the play, you couldn't think of a better Celtic player. To, to pay tribute to in Vegas than Bertie because he was always there. Yeah. He was always there. Every, I mean, the, the, I can't. If you were asked somebody, Bertie was there every every time, every second year when they had it. Bertie would be at the convention because he loved it. He loved being surrounded by people. He loved the whole Vegas vibe, you know. So the plan was to go to Vegas and we're going to fly out the day after the cup final, and then thankfully we got treble in the bag. And uh, during the tour. And during the pavilion, uh, we had a technician who was outstanding, a guy called Jack Woolley. Unfortunately, he couldn't make Vegas. So as usual, Des McLean says, you can do it, because that's what he does. You can do it. You can stand up in front of 500 people at the Beacon and, and perform a play. And you can do the tech stuff, because you know the play. So so basically, the night before we, we go out, I get an email from uh, the marvellous name Curtis Kuntz asking me to give him a call. Careful how you call. You're well done, Curtis Kuntz. So, so it's, it's half ten Saturday night, we've just won the cup, and I'm phoning Curtis Kuntz, and he doesn't realise I'm phoning for Glasgow. Well, you're from Scotland, yeah, I'm from Scotland, and I'm thinking I need to phone because something disaster something, because I'm because I'm the tech guy now, basically, as Mr McLean's made me the tech guy. Yes. And it was nothing major, but I had to explain, this is what we're doing, etc, etc. Now, these are the tech guys who look after Barry Manilow, 
at the Westgate Theatre. So I'm doing the tech, right? So and I'm speaking to Curtis, my new best pal. So I'm marking his car. This is you know, this is Ben Hot Bertie and me, that's very be good. So we fly out in the in the Sunday, yeah, and we get a Sunday night, and then we're in the theatre. The Elvis played back in the day. You want to tell us a bit about that, Des? I mean, this is, you know, you, you, you just can't, this is beyond far-fetched, right? We're playing the Westgate International Theatre, right? And if anybody's ever seen footage of Elvis back in the day with the jumpsuits and all that on, it, it would it'd always be in Vegas, right? If you watch the latest Elvis movie, the brilliant film, it was mostly set in the Westgate International in Vegas, where he... he it was on for a seven-year residency. There's a statue, there's a gold statue of Elvis because he holds a record for the longest ever residency performance in Las Vegas, which was in the Westgate International Theatre. So we are standing on the same stage as Elvis Presley, the greatest, the, the king of rock and roll, the greatest entertainer of all time, right? And, you know, my dad loved El I mean, like, beyond, my dad would have Elvis on every weekend we were drinking them, and it was always Vegas it was on. It was when videos just come out, I would play it in Elvis Presley and it would be live from Vegas and it would go, you know. And uh, I thought, imagine my dad could actually see me. And there's a plaque where you're, a plaque of where Elvis was standing. And you're thinking, Elvis Presley was standing here singing all his classics and Elvis's beads of sweat will be trickling. <laughs> Gone too far. Gone too far. You know, you used to see Elvis going out and the, the women would always remember, wipe his brow and all that. And be like, Why can't you see what you're doing to me? Maybe I, you're always on my mind. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Tomorrow night we've got a bend of the birdie here, sir. And <laughs> we've got Mr. Jim R. Uh, doing technical. You, Mr. James R. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. R. So, you got, and by the way, we're not joking here. The bold Jim R., who, would, it, when he puts his mind to anything, is incredible. From, from back in deepest, darkest lockdown, Jim's like, right, I've got an idea. We're going to do this and everything. It from the noon to Vegas, it all happened. Jim's sitting there with Barry Manilow's, Barry Manilow, right, his whole tech crew, sitting three and a half, I mean, this is like three and a half thousand seater, right, and Jim's sitting there, quite the thing, cool as a cucumber, the faders up, doing this, the lights, you name it. And stage just, left, stage right, blackout. <laughs> He's sitting there with Barry Manilow's techies, right. Uh, 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 well, the funny story about that is, is the fact that it was as well, we did it before we saw Barry because we saw Barry three nights later, something like that. Three so, nights later, we saw Barry. So, Barry. so I'm talking to Barry's tech guy, Brad, and these other guys, and I'm saying, Look, Ben, the person, you know, this better be good. This is a video with Jock Steen, and this is that because just to let people know that at the end of every scene, I do a kind of 30 second video with a song of the time because the, the, the play is based in 1965. So, so basically, there's a video of a song in the early parts of 1965, and there's some photographs. So, Des does a Q&A throughout the play as as as, as Bertie, and and then basically, uh, so in one of the Q&As, we talked about Jockstein, and uh, so at the end of that one, we put a video and sort of big joke and photographs of, of Jockstein and all this kind of stuff. And I'm saying these guys, it's just Jockstein, and better get this right and whatever. So three nights later, we go and see Barry Manilow because we get comps. This, this is great. We get comps. And we're like 12 from the front, some of that. And not oh, I'm a big yeah. Barry Manilow fan, but he was just Mr. Entertainment. Brilliant. Yeah. And you know what? I've seen the special effects of this. And they had some sort of gantry that uh, Barry and his dancers would walk yeah. on. And it was like, and it was like I don't know, like, like 10 <laughs> foot high. And then they would raise it and they would lower it. And it was like two foot above your head. And yeah. Barry and his dancers are jumping about. And I'm thinking, three nights ago, I said to these guys, look, you know, <laughs> that, by the way, it, you, this is big joke, and this is you know, this is this is Bertie, and this is Charlie Guy. <laughs> What's the thought an idiot? Basically, you know, all, all they were doing was showing videos and yeah. doing lighting there, lighting there, and the Manolo thing was. I mean, at one point, somebody, like six or seven videos were going happen at the same time, and he was singing, he was all this kind of stuff, and I'm thinking, just as well, we did this first because I'd have been totally embarrassed to have done it. Afterwards, and we did it anyway. So here Listen, you can't be too careful. <laughs> I've got to laugh because um, you're right. Everybody, the Barry Manlow production was just way off the scale, right? It was just incredible. It was pure Vegas, right? Every song was a production. There was videos of them doing talk shows, and, and then you're right. This big thing happened at the end where it was like it was over, going over this big. It was Gantry Bridge thing, and he's looking down at everybody. Hey. 
He was thinking through feet of your head. He's just the whole thing came down. You thought it's going to crush his ear. And it's and we're all we, me and Jim are like that at the looking <laughs> a banner, right? And he and he's right above us. This whole absolute crazy production, right? And Jim's sitting a couple of nights previous, going, "Are you sure we can trust you? <laughs> we can trust you." This bit here, you need to play hail hail. This is a bit of Selic. This is a bit of Selic. And, and we're talking like Otters. a photo of Bertie Old, and the guys are sitting there going, "Yeah, yeah, we, we got this, Jim." We got this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you were. Yeah. Are you what, sure? Are you sure? Remember that guy? He, he didn't speak at all. The big guy sitting at the middle. Silent guy. Aye, yeah, yeah. Silent guy. Jim's like, you sure? Because this has to come on. See when Des points through that that picture's got to go up on there, okay? And these guys are putting like pyrotechnics and bridges. <laughs> bridges are appearing, you know, wow, like the Wizard of Oz and all that. And Jim's saying, "Can you put that photo up there, pal?" Because if you can, he will get somebody else who can. Right. Aye, aye. So you're, we get all, we get calls for Ben Lilberti. We're sitting there, it's, you know, for Ben Lilberti, for for uh, Ben Lilberti, for Barry Manuel, <laughs> and it was it was sensational. He was eighty that weekend, eighty years of age, and he's still you know moving about like the way you would imagine Copacabana and oh man, do you, you know you go to see Manolo in Vegas. It was incredible, and I just thought I was gutted though because. He never came to see us. We gave him comps oh, for Benny. His two seats were empty, and I thought, that's it. Manolo's getting name air comps. No, me that mistake again. That's it, finished. That's oh, yeah. away. Let's put another picture up just to kind of break it up. Paul, can you put number eight up? If you can, the Ducal Prague post match, if you're there, Paul. There you go. So that's just a wee quick picture of uh, in the dressing room uh, after uh, beating Ducal Prague in the semi final. Uh, well, Kent faces Bert at the front with a trademark Bertie smile. Yeah. Interesting, two guys at the back stand beside each other, Stevie Chalmers, Tommy Gamble, the guys that scored the goals in Lisbon, obviously. Uh, can you next one up, Paul, number nine? The Lisbon Lions, if that's fair there. Lisbon Lions. So, question, if Celtic never won the European Cup, would we be holding people like Bertie Old in such high esteem days? What do you think? Oh, uh, if we, yeah. If we, if we didn't win it. If we didn't win it. Of course, because um, because people like you know, it was such a. It, you said quite rightly a few photographs before that, like the turning point, the corner was obviously beating Dunfermline in that final. We'd won nothing for years. The tendencies were low. We're getting pumped by teams like Falkirk and all that, you know, and, and uh, Motherwell and what have you know that on a regular basis we were not a, a we were not a, a good team. And then when Bertie came in, as you said, Bertie was a catalyst. He scored in every round and then he scored two in the final. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. then he came round about the same time as, as, as Big Jock. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're talking about not winning the European Cup, you know, what, what Bertie, Bertie, what the amount of goals that he scored for Celtic, his passion, he was a great ambassador. This is a guy who played in three European Cup finals, you know, if you, um, when you think about it, the, the other one for Birmingham, of course. Yeah. European, it, European finals, yeah. European, European finals. finals. Um, so, um, and, yeah, of course, he's, he's, he's such a big, big personality. And we said Bertie Old is the biggest Celtic personality or the greatest Celtic personality of all time. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, I just think there's nobody out there who encapsulates... He's just one of these guys who... You just, you know, he's, he's Mr Celtic. I know that Bertie's called other... He said he said that about Billy McNeil and that, but if you're talking about somebody who has it all, you know, he's, he was a great player, He's you know, he's a pattern person... He's just passionate. He's a great ambassador. He's, he's everybody's got a wee, a wee tale about Bertie. Everybody's got a wee, you know, a, a moment when they met him, or you know, he'll never walk by anybody. He's just one of the guys. Very passionate, very emotional. Always went to Vegas. You know, he's had time for everybody. He was just the greatest ever Celtic personality that we, we think anyway, don't we, Jim? Yeah. Picture number ten, then, just to follow up on that point. Is the man with his European Cup medal? Uh, Bert looks like a movie star there, doesn't he? He does look like a movie star. The brill team here, the look, the jaw, the teeth, the whole thing, the whole package. So, uh, would you know what, what honours Bertie won, Des? I'm putting you on the spot here. Well, in his career. Well, are you asking me to do the final speech now? Aye, um, a bit of it. Aye, aye. Do that, aye. If you, if you take the picture away, Paul, aye. When it's when that right here we go. So, so, so you must have a claim doing this. Right, oh, go, go I mean, you allowing me to do. You never like me to do anything from this to the play. I right. just do it. It's a charity yeah. weekend. Yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, not, but him, him, you've won your. What did you win, Bertie? That I thought you were going to say. You know, when did you realise it was your last time? No, no. Just, just from 
Always asking you, what did you win, Bertie? Tell me what you won. See, when I look back, right, I won, you know, six championships for Celtic. We won five League Cups. I won four Scottish Cups. And I won the Cup with the big ears. Europe's most glittering prize. We were That's the only Scottish team to do it. And, and I was voted into Celtic's greatest ever team. 279 goals. Come and see Bender like Bertie in the pavilion this February and see the extended version of that. An extended version. So, yeah, so tell that, me what happened after Vegas then, Des? What happened after Vegas? You... By the way, here's an interesting one for a, a wee bit of Celtic trivia for all the punters out there today. A wee bit of Saturday pre, pre-football, pre-match uh, trivia. We went to Donegal, right? And I didn't realise the connection, how big the connection was with Donegal and Celtic, right? I mean, that when we were doing... Uh, we, we did the show. We were the first English-speaking show, remember, in this theatre. By the way, I couldn't even... That uh, it's a pity we didn't have a, a. I can't remember the name of the theatre. It's one of these big, 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 big Irish. Well, can't name, pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. Have you got it there? A photo? No. Can't pronounce it. No. Can't pronounce it right. And it was, um, what a night it was! It was a brilliant night, and I mean, everybody. It was a sold out for ages, and and you know it was in Donegal, and they got all the stuff, even all the wee. Sometimes you have to change all the wee kind of Glasgowisms and all that, you know, because it wasn't for once. It wasn't a kind of. Uh, a Western Scotland audience, even in Vegas, they got it more than they would in, in Ireland, you know, because it was a lot of expats and all that. But they loved it; they absolutely loved it, and they loved Bertie over there. And Bertie went to Donegal, and uh, so so it, it was just it was just. I need to mention a, a special man called um, Martin McHugh who who organised the whole thing, and he's behind the Bertie old legacy. And uh, he, he just we, we he, he just treated us like honestly like kings over there that whole weekend, you know. And we, we wanted for nothing, you know. And it was just and he, we went to Martin's house on the beach, which was incredible, which looked like the Big Brother house. So so Martin, if you're watching, he normally tunes in. He, he goes to the Axon nights. We, we we'll never forget that that weekend. But he took us. Martin took us to a place on the Sunday afternoon. This little field, and he says there's a wee a wee special Celtic. But a trivia here, and it was this wee, uh, a wee clump, a wee dod of, of grass, and it was to do with Celtics. It was in 1990, Jim, you can enlighten us here. In 1995, this little dod of grass came from this little field in Donegal, and it was the first dod of grass planted on Celtics' new new park, yeah, in stadium. Yeah, that yeah that's correct, yeah. yeah. And, uh, we went to see it, and it was just this little, and it's got a wee plaque, and it says, and it tells you this, this is where, you know, the, the first, the seed sown, the very first, you know, blades of grass to go in the new the, the new Celtic Park, um, and it was taken over. They, they took over a wee clump, and that was the first one laid down, and it's there with the wee plaque, and such a massive connection. There was a that night we had relatives of Charlie Gallagher, uh, who else was it? Jim Brogan. Uh, there was there was about, there was about three or four or something. It was all it was all relatives. Who else was it? Anyway, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was all a real Celtic connection, Donegal, with an absolutely magnificent weekend. And that was a wee bit of trivia, that the, the little clump of... You also said you thought that was the best of all the Bertie shows. It was... It was uh, the, Notwithstanding the, the, the emotional one with Harry being at the one, in terms of the actual performance thing... You, there's been so many. There's been so many. The, the Pavilion Saturday afternoon will always... That will always have a place in my heart, but... For response from start to finish, feel good. The audience just went crazy for it. It was like a different kind of, you know. It was it was just because it was an island, and they they just loved it. They they loved it. I mean, everything you said, they were just going crazy for. You know, in a good way, they weren't just screaming out like some mad Saturday night crowd, but they were really really going for it. And it was such a feel good, relaxing atmosphere from start to finish. No matter what you said, they were just all. You know, it was just different from from all the other ones, probably because it was a totally different neck of the woods, different country. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, well, they get all this, and oh, they did, and then some. It was brilliant. It was a brilliant weekend, unforgettable. Yeah. Thanks to Martin McHugh. Yeah, thanks to Martin. Uh, last picture, Paul. Twelve, number twelve. Ta-da! Oh, the great saddest, man himself. Saddest uh, picture. Uh, yeah, uh, we had the pleasure of going to meet the great man uh, during lockdown in 2020. When it was okay to go and visit people, but you stay six uh, six feet apart. 
and all that stuff. That's the first time I'd ever met the great man. And he sort of welcomes you like a long lost friend and you're mm-hmm. explaining what the play is going to be about. And the sad thing is he never got to see the play. And uh, on the day, I mean, he looked a million dollars that day and he wasn't well. And uh, I took some photographs of him in days. I'm, I'm not one for selfies, but what I like about that picture is my, name <laughs> my name's on the poster. So it's a picture of Bertie Old and it says Jim Warrow on that poster. So that's that's certainly my favourite picture uh, of the great man. And uh, yeah, it was sad he never got to see it because he did, he did two things for us. Well, apart from giving up his time that day for a, the best part of an hour and a half, uh, that photograph, when it says coming soon, it was during COVID. So coming soon could have been who knows when. Uh, that's why there's no dates on it. So unfortunately, we managed to do it within about a year of that photograph. Been, been taken, and he also very kindly did a wee video for us, which we play mm-hmm. at the play at the end of the play, which kind of like brings the house down. So uh, we thank him and we thank Robert Old as well for all his support uh, throughout this wee journey that we've had with uh, uh, the play. Because the plan is we're on the pavilion uh, in February, start of February, and the chances that will be the last one certainly for the foreseeable future. Uh, mm-hmm. No, unless we go for New York or. <laughs> London or, or Toronto or something, but certainly within Scotland, I think we'll be doing it for the last couple of years. And uh, it's a great tribute to Bertie. I mean, you 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 do Neil Bertie, and it is something that the, since the play started, the, the Bertie Le- old legacy has been started by the aforementioned Martin McHugh and the Bertie son Robert, and, and they're they're raising lots of money for for good causes, and, and long may that continue. So, uh, so the legacy, and I suppose the play. Is, is something that could that could uh, keep his keep his name there, and uh, yeah, I think we'll certainly do it again at some point, but certainly not in the foreseeable future. The the the, the plan is uh, February at the pavilion, and then uh, we'll maybe kind of put it to bed for a wee while. Uh, but Des could be playing Bertie for the next twenty years, so because <laughs> well, you're a young man, Mister McLean, so you can. Well, well, listen, that's the thing. Uh, when it all started. I still remember when I met you just before lockdown and you had I'd came along to see the your other play which was brilliant, Bendel at Bratback and about that whole crazy season and uh, and I, I remember thinking I, I would love to be in a Celtic play. And then for this to happen, it has been a privilege, it's been an honour. And also you, you know, you think I'd met the, the great man many times, and then when you start playing him, when you've got that blazer on you genuinely feel as if you're a superhero. You feel like Iron Man. You pull that on and that's you. And a Saturday night walking about the world, hey, can I get you something, John? Hey, what about, you know, and you're, you're heckling all the audience and you're, 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 and you're like, you're just Bertie up there. It's just great. You become Bertie. And then when you look out there and you see, you know, and they're singing away, it's just, it's, it's an absolute honour. It's been amazing. And one of the, the, the great things, the family, the support from his family has been amazing as well. You know, they've been right behind it. And I think Robert's came along. How many times has Robert came along to see it? It's, it's great. Not as many as John Fallon, to be fair. Yeah, John, John Fallon's John a, Fallon. a huge supporter of the play. Probably John Fallon. One of the, one of the yeah. that we just, I'm just constantly saying, but one of the, the very first night we did Ben and Bertie at Webster's, uh, the plan, my plan was to try and get as many of the 65 team along as possible who who were still with us. And... John Fallon, who's a big supporter of Benelick Brabant, came along, and John Hughes came along. And at the time, John Hughes wasn't well at all, a few months beforehand, and he made that a bit of a target. Uh, and anyone who watches Axom will know John Hughes' son uh, through Axom. And I've been in touch with uh, younger John Hughes, and he said his dad had made that a target. He wanted to really go to, to see Benelick Bertie, and, and his dad made it, and he looked brilliant. And I think about I think it was 14 of the Hughes family came along, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I think... John Hughes Jr. said to me many months later, well, after his dad sadly passed away, that that was one of the you know best nights I've had uh, in many a year, the fact that all the family were together. And then at the end of the first performance of Benelick Bertie, you've got John Fallon, huge round of applause, uh, you know, the original Holy Goalie, and then you've got the original Yogi Bear and John Hughes, and they put their the arm around your shoulder and that was a really poignant thing to see these you know like iconic Celtic guys on the stage and to put that together from some week in a daft play that was that was really good that was that was really great so I love that uh, you getting the blazer that's up there as well because I get the Lisbon Lions blazer that's absolutely mental to be sitting there with a Lisbon Lions blazer and, you, and you've not sold an eBay yet have you no never that will always no no uh, you're right that, that that emotional moment you've just mentioned there 
um, with big Yogi and John. That you said to me, you went, "What a beautiful photo!" And they just had the, the arms on one of their shoulders. Remember, and it was a beautiful, mm. beautiful moment. And it was so sad because uh, Mister Hughes passed away, and 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 it was it was just there's been a lot of that going, going through the whole Bertie thing as well. You know, it's been a whole emotional roller coaster from that tough night down in the Beacon Theatre in Greenock when Bertie passed away the next day. Um, it has been, and and what a tribute to you know the, the great man. And yeah, there's been all those wee moments that you talk about, and you're trying trying to get you know great Celtic people together at, at time for for uh, for John Hughes Junior to say uh, you know that was one of the best nights and all that. These things they, they mean a lot, don't they, Jim? It's just amazing. They do, they do mean a lot. Uh, I'm conscious of time because actually it's twelve o'clock now, and. I've added a new string to my bow. I'm now a podcast host, so I'll add that to the old CV. Sure. And uh, so before well, we... Podcast host up there with Barry Manlow's tech crew in Vegas, an author. And... Piece, of, piece of cake, piece of cake. So before we go, I'd just like to say uh, thanks to Des for coming on this morning. Uh, ben Bertie, do you want to give it the last last plug right. before we go? Um, this is now a shameless plug for a brilliant play that I'm very proud to be part of, written by the great Jim Orr. It's Ben Bertie. It's on at my favourite theatre in the land, the Pavilion Theatre. It's on the, the that weekend where everybody starts to, you know, come back to life again in February. So it's it's on the first weekend in February, no, the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, two shows. The ticket sales are going very well, but this is when they really go through the roof. They're starting to sell really well. It's a perfect Christmas present. Ben Bertie. if you're a Celtic fan, you'll love it. If you're a Bertie Hall fan, you're really going to love it. Or if you just love, you know, going to the theatre of nostalgia. And uh, it's just, it's fantastic. And uh, that's the Pavilion Theatre uh, in February. Ben Bertie. that's your Christmas sorted. There you go. And it's your last time you see it. Uh, this weekend is all about trying to raise as much money for we, Jamie Tierney. So please give us as much as you can. Uh, the link will be underneath uh, the title here. And uh, thanks for tuning in today. Cheers. Podcast Network.